Welcome to our daily podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel. I'm so glad to have you join us today. It means a lot that you would carve out some space in your day to think together, uh, pray together. I'm going to read a passage from Exodus 32, then say a prayer, and then we're just going to spend a few minutes here at the beginning of the day thinking some thoughts about the Bible. I think there's something for us here today. Exodus 32, verse 1. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he took gold from them formed it in a mold and cast an image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. They rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and sacrifices of well-being. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the Bible. Lord, even these really terrible passages in the Bible where people make terrible decisions, God, because passages like this help us actually see our own worst tendencies. And I pray today that you would help us to see and receive truth from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said in the, the prayer, this is a low point for the Israelites. Uh, several weeks ago, if you were here uh, with us on the daily podcast, we actually looked at Moses' tendency toward insecurity, specifically at the beginning of his life, his ministry, and how Aaron actually came into the mix because Moses was afraid to stand in the place that God had invited him to occupy. Moses was afraid. He didn't think he could give the right speeches and sermons, and the Lord was, was angry at Moses and then gave him Aaron. Well, now we see what happens uh, when Moses goes up on that mountain to be alone, to be with God, to receive insight. Uh, he's gone too long, and the people become frustrated and, frankly, afraid. And I think it's important for us to recognize that this reckless behavior, and frankly, most of the reckless behavior that we see in the Bible and in our own personal lives, stems from a response to of fear and uncertainty and insecurity. People don't do bad things just for the sheer fun of it. I don't believe that. I don't think we see that borne out in the Bible even. We, we sometimes, most of the times actually, do bad things, fall into sin because we're uh, trapped in a kind of anxiety response to fear and insecurity. That's exactly what's happening here in Exodus 32. The people are afraid and they become frustrated. Moses is gone longer than they want him to be gone. They learn to look to Moses almost as a substitute for God. And now that Moses is not around, they think, well, maybe God has left us um, as well. And they just act out. They, they act foolishly. And we'll, we'll look at that in a few moments. But first, I want to say this. I, I think they, they act out for a couple of reasons. I'm, I'm going to highlight two because I think there are uh, points of application for, for you and me here. Number one, the Israelites act out in this moment because they are ill-equipped to live as free women and men. They've spent their entire lives in Egyptian bondage. And as terrible as that bondage was, 
and frankly, all bondage is, there are levels of predictability and comfort to be found in bondage. So the Israelites knew where their meals were coming from. They knew what their daily tasks and their jobs were supposed to look like. And those things weren't good. I'm sure the food was not great and the accommodations were not great in Egypt. And yet there was a level of clarity around it, a level of predictability, or a level of routine. And if we're, we have to really work to be honest, because if we're really frank with our own levels of bondage in our own personal lives, the bondage brings a kind of routine to it. We, we know what to expect. We know what to get. Uh, even if what we're getting and, and experiencing is not very good. Well, now the Israelites are in a wild and unpredictable place. And let's just think about it, y'all. What started out as an adventure, uh, an adventure in faith and trust and reliance on God where they saw God working, had given way at this point to frustration, boredom, fear. And I think for many of us, we're living in a similar space. What started out maybe... Uh, as a kind of new challenge for us has now uh, given way to something else. Uh, more and more people that we love and care about have got sick. We now know of a number of people in our church who've experienced death firsthand at the hands of this COVID-19 crisis. And so the, the adventure of faith then gives way to something that feels horrific. It feels simultaneously boring and traumatizing. And that's exactly where the Israelites were. They were not equipped to handle the difficult and painful season that they were in. And I bet many of us probably feel that we're not equipped to handle the difficult and painful season that we are currently in. We thought we probably had more capability and more capacity than we actually do. And right now, this is when the old habits of bondage will start to creep back in. So drinking to excess, eating to excess, unhealthy sexual coping habits, uh, losing yourself in social media. These old habits that are indicative of Egypt are probably starting to encroach a little bit upon your daily boundaries. So that's the first thing. The Israelites were just not equipped for freedom. And I think in many respects, neither are we. Uh, we've both been conditioned by bondage, both the Israelites and us. But the second thing that the Israelites are running into that's compounding the matter is that things are taking longer than they imagined. Not only are they not equipped to live as free women and men, now they're in a thing much longer than they thought was ever likely to be the case. Moses has been up on that mountain and they don't know when he's coming back. And a lot of us probably thought, well, you know, I can handle this for a little while, but this, you know, not so much. It feels like the Israelites and, and we are both in the same predicament. So what do they do? Rather than turn to spiritual practices or, you know, take a walk in the in the woods and center themselves, they turn to someone else who will help them relieve the tension. So they look at Aaron and Aaron steps up in the worst possible way. He collects all their jewelry and he forges an idol. He creates something that people can see. And I want you to be very careful about this because this is the nature of idols. Idols are things we see fashioned from things we possess that are designed to give us a sense of short-term comfort. So rather than deal with God, who's invisible and elusive, an idol is something that's forged from something you own, something you think you control that then you can put your eyes on and put your trust in. And there are going to be no shortage of people in this season who are going to try to give you things you can see, forged from things you possess to bring you short-term comfort. That is the nature of of an idol. And Aaron makes an idol. 
He collects that jewelry and forges it. And a cow comes out of the fire and people begin to worship. So in response to pressure, with a little help from someone willing to bump them over the line, people lose their minds. It says they sit down to eat and drink and they rise up to revel. I just want to say this to you. What happened in that camp is totally understandable because the people of Israel were acting out of fear and stress. But what they do in that acting out is not good. They lose ground. They actually begin to attribute things to the idol that belonged to God. They said, these, these are the idols that led you up out of bondage. And some analogy there may be true for me and for you. Uh, I might want to think um, watching Netflix until I go numb, that's what gives me comfort rather than saying, God, you're the one who ultimately comforts my soul, my heart. So what the Israelites are doing makes perfect sense. It's just not helpful. Whenever I find myself looking elsewhere for comfort and help, places other than God, it's a warning sign that I'm actually in trouble. Things actually in those spaces get worse, not better. So I want to leave you with a couple of questions. Where's the pressure of your life right now prompting you or tempting you to sin? I think it's important for us to name those sins and ask God for help, to look at the tendencies where we're looking to other things, things forged out of our own possession that are looking to give us comfort in the short term. If we can name those idols and just say, God, help me turn my attention back to you, I think we'll actually take ground where maybe over the last number of days we've been losing a bit of ground. Y'all, this is a time to pay attention to what's going on in your life. And it's my conviction, at least, that this passage actually invites us to pay attention to our response to stress and difficulty. Uh, Because as a mentor of mine once said, there are seasons in life where very little you can do will make things better. But if you're not careful, you might do some things that will make things a lot worse. I believe that now is a time for us to say, God, it is what it is. We are where we are. But Lord, help us not to do things that will make this season worse than it needs to be. God bless you and keep you as you walk through your day.